0: Section three of Perfumes and Their Preparation. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Perfumes and Their Preparation by George W. Atkinson. Chapter three Odors from the Vegetable Kingdom the odors occurring in plants have their seat mostly in peculiar receptacles called oil glands in which the aromatic substances are stored and seem to take no further part in the vital processes of the plant as has been intimated the parts of the plant in which the aromatic substances are stored differ greatly but in general it may be said that in most cases the flowers and fruits contain the odors more rarely they may be found in the roots in the bark are in the wood, and in a very few instances, equally distributed throughout the whole plant. In some cases, however, we can obtain totally different odours from various parts of the same plant. This applies, for instance, to the orange tree, whose blossoms furnish a different odour from the ripe fruits, and the latter must be distinguished from that obtained from the leaves. The odorous substances occurring in the vegetable kingdom are either mobile liquids essential oils or they have a thicker consistence ranging from that of cream to that of soft cheese balsams or gum resins or they are solid resins aside from the fact that the term essential oils is quite incorrect since the substances called by that name have nothing in common with oils except perhaps the liquid state we are forced from a chemical standpoint to include among them even solid substances. The well-known camphor, a firm and waxy-looking body, belongs, according to all its chemical properties, into the same group as the so-called essential oils. The name essential, or volatile, oils is due to the fact that the volatile vegetable aromatic substances cause a stain on paper similar to that produced by oils and fats, but the stain made by the former disappears spontaneously after some time while that due to true oils and fats persists the disappearance of the stain depends on the evaporation of the vegetable aromatic substances a quality not possessed by fats hence the volatile vegetable aromatic substances in contradistinction from non-volatile fixed or fatty oils have been designated as essential or volatile or ethereal oils inasmuch as the latter terms are the ordinary trade names for these substances we are compelled to retain them despite their incorrectness the french name for essential oils is essences essence de lavande for instance is the french name for essential oil of lavender and not for an alcoholic solution of the oil as might be inferred from the usually accepted meaning of the english terms essence of lavender essence of peppermint etc which means solutions of these essential oils in alcohol as the localities where the raw materials that is the aromatic plants are cultivated on a large scale naturally constitutes the places of manufacture of essential oils we find in southern france and in england the most extensive factories devoted exclusively to the preparation of perfumes in the countries named a favourable influence is exerted too, by their situation near the sea as well as by their trade with tropical lands from which additional aromatic plants are imported we have stated above that the manufacture of essential oils forms almost a monopoly in france and england but there is no doubt that this country the united states likewise possesses many localities favorable to the cultivation of certain aromatic plants and the preparation of essential oils from them so that this branch of industry could be carried on at a profit for this reason we have in our descriptions devoted some attention to the conditions of growth required by such plants as might be raised here. We even find that some advantages are derived from the hothouse cultivation of some tropical plants. An exact knowledge of the chemical properties of a substance is in all cases the first and fundamental condition for its preparation it would appear necessary therefore that we should endeavor to gain complete information about the nature of vegetable aromatic substances before we enter upon the description of the various methods of their preparation the chemical constitution of vegetable aromatic substances the sources of the odors derived from the vegetable kingdom can be divided as stated above into so-called essential oils balsams, gum resins, or soft resins, and hard resins. Since the latter bear a certain relation to the essential oils from which they are formed through chemical combinations, we must consider them first. The flowers, the fruits, and their rinds, or even the wood of some plants, form the receptacles of essential oils. If they are liquid, they are called essential oils par excellence. If they are firm, they are called camphors besides there are intermediate states between them oil of rose is always viscous and solidifies even at temperatures considerably above the freezing point of water see under oil of rose the bodies which are generally called essential oils are usually mixtures of a hydrocarbon with an oxygenated body or an unchanged oil with another which has become altered by the influence of the oxygen of the air a condition to which we shall recur later on With reference to their elementary composition, essential oils may be divided into two groups. One, non-oxygenated essential oils. Two, oxygenated essential oils. The non-oxygenated essential oils consist only of two elements, carbon and hydrogen. The other group, as the name indicates, contains a third element in chemical combination and consists of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. Most of the essential oils of the first group have the same chemical composition, C10, H16, 10 atoms of carbon combined with 16 atoms of hydrogen. Despite the like chemical composition, all the essential oils display different physical qualities. They vary in density, in refractive power, in boiling point, often by many degrees, and a matter of the greatest importance for our purposes in their odor. We may state at once that but few essential oils can be said to have a pleasant odor. That of most of them is even disagreeable and narcotic to the olfactory nerves. It is only after the oil has been extremely diluted that the odor begins to become pleasant and to resemble that of the plant from which the oil was derived. According to their physical qualities essential oils may be described as fluids of a specific narcotic odor colorless but very refractive and easily inflammable only a few essential oils can be produced in such a state of purity as to appear perfectly colorless usually they are more or less dark yellow in the color and some even possess a characteristic tint thus oil of acacia is reddish brown oils of rose and absinthe are green oil of chamomile is blue but a simple experiment will show that the colour is not inseparably connected with the oil for certain tinted oils can be obtained perfectly colourless by being distilled with another less volatile oil which retains the colouring matter the boiling point of essential oils is in general very high between 160 and 288 of the centigrade thermometer or three hundred and twenty to five hundred and fifty degrees fahrenheit the fact that we smell the essential oils in aromatic plants so distinctly despite their high boiling point is an evidence of their exceedingly strong influence on the olfactory nerves A peculiar property of essential oils, which is of great importance in their preparation, is that of distilling over in large quantities with steam, both ordinary and superheated, that is, at temperatures at most only slightly exceeding 100 degrees centigrade or 212 degrees Fahrenheit. For this reason, essential oils are usually obtained in this way since they are but slightly soluble in water still most of the oils dissolve in water in sufficient amount to impart to it their characteristic odor and thus to render it often very fragrant aqua triplex orange flower water rose water etc are such as have been distilled over with the essential oils contain a small quantity of the latter in solution and hence a very agreeable odor all essential oils dissolve readily in strong alcohol, petroleum ether, benzol, bisulfite of carbon, in liquid and solid fats, in glycerin, etc. We shall again recur to this important subject under the head of the preparation of essential oils. A freshly prepared essential oil is at once excluded from the air by being placed in hermetically sealed vessels which it completely fills, and if kept from the light, the oil will remain unchanged for any length of time. But if an essential oil is exposed to the air, a peculiar chemical alteration begins, which proceeds more rapidly and obviously if direct light acts upon the oil at the same time. The odor becomes less intense, the oil grows darker in color and more viscous, and also acquires a peculiar quality. It has a strong bleaching effect, which is easily seen on the cork closing the bottle, which is beautifully bleached after a certain time the oil changes to a viscid less odorous mass into balsam and the latter after the prolonged influence of the air finally changes into a brownish odorless substance into resin these remarkable physical and chemical alterations depend on the fact that the essential oil absorbs oxygen from the air which it puts into a peculiar condition in which it exerts increased chemical activity and is termed ozonized oxygen one of the most marked of these effects is the uncommonly strong bleaching power of ionized or active oxygen when an essential oil that has been altered so far as to contain ionized oxygen which is shown by its bleaching vegetable coloring matter such as the juice of cherries red beets tincture of litmus etc agitated with it is cooled we notice the separation from it of a usual crystalline colorless and odorless body called stereoptin while the remaining liquid part is called ileoptin stereoptin always contains oxygen while ileoptin still consists only of carbon and hydrogen in the formation of the stereoptin we distinctly see the beginning process of resinification which therefore is nothing but an oxidation combination of the essential oil with oxygen it should however be stated that as to many essential oils this is not proven by actual observation many of them are not known to us as naturally existing without any stereoptin balsams are essential oils which have to a great extent changed into resin which they contain in solution and thereby have become more or less viscid If the process of oxidation goes still farther, eventually the greater portion of the essential oil becomes oxidized, the entire mass grows firm, and then possesses only a very faint odor, which is due to the last remnants of the unchanged essential oil. Since aromatic substances during evaporation become mixed with air, it appears probable that they act upon the olfactory nerves only at the moment when they become oxidized. The entire process of resinification of oil of turpentine can be followed very clearly on the pitch pine, pinus austriaca, or other species of pinus, just as oil of turpentine in general can be taken as an example of an essential oil on which the peculiarities of the non-oxygenated essential oils may be easily studied. In many localities, the pitch pine is partly derived of its bark when it has reached a certain age. From the trunk exudes oil of turpentine, which in the air becomes more and more viscid by the absorption of oxygen and changes into balsam, called turpentine. The latter is collected and distilled with water when the unchanged oil of turpentine passes over with the steam, while the odorless resin, rosin, or colophony, remains behind in the stills the above-mentioned qualities of the essential oils indicate naturally how those used in perfumery which are often very costly are to be preserved for this purpose small strong bottles should be chosen which are closed with well-fitting glass stoppers over which is applied a glass capsule ground to fit tightly over the neck of the bottle these bottles should always be completely filled hence small bottles should be selected and kept tightly closed in the dark as the action of oxygen is retarded by low temperatures it is advisable to keep bottles containing essential oils in a cool cellar but care must be had never to pour out an essential oil in the cellar near an open candle flame the vapours are apt to take fire as they are quite flammable as there are a great many aromatic vegetable substances so there are numerous odours or to retain the customary though incorrect appellation numerous essential oils all of these however cannot be used in the art of perfumery some of them do not possess a pleasant odour as is the case for instance with oil of turpentine we may state here however that very pure oil of turpentine distilled from certain coniferae has an agreeable refreshing odour which at present has found application in perfumery under the title of forest pine or pine-needle essence besides there are numerous essential oils which while possessing a very pleasant odour still cannot be used in perfumery except for very cheap preparations though they are employed in much larger quantities in the manufacture of liqueurs such oils are oil of cumin fennel juniper absinthe etc as we shall return to this subject in connection with the essential oils which are used in perfumery in general we will now consider at greater length the aromatic vegetable substances which are employed for the manufacture of fragrant odours this ends section three odours from the vegetable kingdom